We meet today in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 1 to verse 29. Isaiah chapter 14 is a chapter that is a continuation of the burden of Babylon, begun in chapter 13. The burden against Babylon is actually a judgment against Babylon. Babylon was the first of the several nations upon which the judgment of God was to fall. All of the nations to be judged had something to do with Israel, either by physical proximity or political involvement. Great issues are at stake in chapter 14. The origin of evil and its judgment and the final removal from this earth is the theme of this section. Local situations and nations are the expressions of these worldwide themes and eternal issues. This chapter looks at nations and the problems of life through the telescope rather than placing them under the microscope for inspection. This chapter opens on a joyful note because of the final judgment of Babylon. The millennial kingdom is established with all fears and dangers removed. No enemy of God is abroad. The judgment here and elsewhere in this book of Isaiah is explained. We will see here God's plan and purpose for the earth. This chapter is a mixture of light and darkness. The chapter changes from the ecstasy of the kingdom to the punishment of hell. Satan and the problem of evil are brought before us. There is an extended section on the final destruction of Babylon. This chapter of great subjects and strong contrasts closes with the insertion of the burden against Palestine, which was probably brought about by the sudden demise of King Ahaz, according to Second Kings chapter 16, verse 19 to verse 20. First, the future restoration of Israel and the peace of the kingdom. For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will still choose Israel and settle them in their own land. The strangers will be joined with them and they will cling to the house of Jacob. Isaiah 14 verse 1 This verse reaches down to the end times. God has said again and again that the nation Israel will be restored to her land. When God restores them to the land, Israel will not have any problems with other nations. They won't need to tend to the United Nations or even to the United States for help. The Lord will reign there. He will be their helper. Then people will take them and bring them to their place, and the house of Israel will possess them for servants and maids in the land of the Lord. They will take them captive, whose captives they were, and rule over their oppressors. Isaiah 14 verse 2 My friend, this has not yet been fulfilled. The people in this verse are Gentiles. The Gentiles are going to return them to Palestine. But the Gentiles up to this point have actually hindered the Israelites from returning. Even Great Britain, when they had demanded in the land, would not let the Jews return after World War II. But the Jews went in anyway because they had to go somewhere. How the multitude went to that land is a real saga of suffering, my friend. 
Many nations are not concerned for them at all even today. Now the Jews throughout the world are interested in helping their brethren return to the land, but Gentiles are not helping them. I take it, therefore, that we are not seeing the fulfillment of this scripture yet. It is still future. It shall come to pass in the day of the Lord, gives you rest from your sorrow and from your fear and the hard bondage in which you were made to serve. Isaiah 14 verse 3. The Jews have sorrow in that land today, and they are in fear. I walked through the streets of Jerusalem and through the streets of some other cities in Palestine some time ago, and there were soldiers everywhere. On our way to Bethlehem, we were subjected to thorough searches to and fro. Why? Why? The reason is the nation is fearful. Even if things are settled today, they would still be in fear. There is no rest from sorrow for them. That you will take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, How the oppressor has seized, the golden city seized. Isaiah 14 verse 4. Now I think Babylon in this passage represents the great enemy in the last days. Who will be headquartered in Babylon? It represents all the enemies of Israel. Babylon was an inveterate hater of Israel as a nation. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers. He who struck the people in wrath with a continual stroke, he who ruled the nations in anger, is persecuted and no one hinders. Isaiah 14 verse 5 to verse 6. Now these verses speak of the final judgment at the end of the great tribulation period. Judgment has to take place. This earth must be judged. There is too much injustice on the earth, and someone is going to have to handle the judgment. And I thank the Lord that it won't be me. If it was me, I would fail. I am thankful that we don't have to look to men even in these matters. The Lord Jesus Christ himself will do the judging. That is good news. The whole earth is at rest and quiet. They break forth in, into singing. Indeed, the cypress trees rejoice over you, and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since you were cut down, no hoodsman has come up against us. Isaiah 14, verse 7 and 8. What is described in these verses has not yet taken place, my friend. After the war of the Armageddon and the coming of Christ, rest and peace will come to the earth. Instead of sorrow, there is singing. Instead of weeping, you see, there will be joy. Weeping is only for the night. The morning of joy is coming. And when that has come, it will be in that kingdom. Then we move on to the final ruler of the world who will be cast into hell. Hell from beneath is excited about you to meet you at your coming. It stirs up the dead for you, all the chief ones of the earth. It has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. Isaiah 14 verse 9. Hell in this verse is sheer. It can mean the grave or the place of torment. Evidently, 
the latter meaning is what is in view here. They all shall speak and say to you, Have you also become as weak as we? Have you become like us? Your pomp is brought down to shield, and the sound of your stringed instruments, the maggot is spread under you, the worms cover you. Isaiah 14, verse 10 to verse 11. What we see here is the total downfall of that world ruler, the Antichrist, who would have been boasting as if was something, will be brought to law, and the weak will say, how come you have become just as weak as we? All pride, all pomp and glory of men will be removed, my friend. Now we also go to the origin of Satan and evil. The origin of Satan and evil. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Isaiah 14, verse 12. You see, after this person has been thrown down, again we have a glimpse of where Satan came from and how evil came. He is specifically named now. Lucifer. Lucifer is none other than Satan himself. Lucifer, according to Ezekiel 28, is the highest creature that God ever created. But he was a Judas Iscariot in the team. He turned on God. He set his will over God's will. In Luke chapter 10, verse 18, the Lord Jesus says, I see Satan fall like lightning from heaven. In First John chapter 3, verse 8, we are told, He who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God has appeared, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Then in Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 to verse 9, we are told, And a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now this is the picture of this creature called Lucifer at the very beginning. What was the sin of this creature? That was created higher than any other. Well, what is seen in its final analysis? I am not speaking philosophically here, but I am speaking theologically. What is sin? Listen to the scripture. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Isaiah 14, verse 13 and verse 14. You see, what is sin? These verses tell us what real sin is. And the clues are in the five I wills that were talked of by Lucifer. He mentioned the five I wills. He says, I will. First of all, he said, I will ascend, I will exalt, I will also sit 
I will ascend and I will be like the Most High. He was setting his will over against the will of God. This is sin in its embryo. This is the evolution of evil. There is no evolution of man, my friend, but there is definitely an evolution of sin. It began by a creature setting his will against the will of God. As a free moral agent, the creature must be allowed to do this. And so Satan, or Lucifer, had a free will. He exercised it. This is man's original sin as well. Isaiah 53 verse 6 tells us, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Murder is sin. Not just because God says it is sin, but because it is contrary to the will and character of God. Anything that is contrary to the character and will of God is sin, regardless of what it is, my friend. And that may even mean if you want to become a preacher when God does not want you to become a preacher and you force yourself to do it, it is sin. Even though what you are doing appears to be a good act, it is sin. The sin of Satan was overwinning pride. He did not go out and get drunk. He didn't steal anything. He went against God's will. He was created as an angel of light. He was the son of the morning, a perfect being. He was given a free moral will. He could choose what he wanted. But he was lifted up. He got puffed up, so lifted up by pride that he set his will against the will of God. It wasn't the purpose of Satan to be different from God. He wanted to be like God. In other words, he wanted to be God. He put his will above the will of God. And any creature who does that puts himself in the place of God. And then God will act on you. There are many people like Lucifer today. They put their wills above the will of God and take his place. That is what sin is all about in the human family, in the human heart. There are only two ways, God's way and man's way. That is what the Lord Jesus Christ meant when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14 verse 6. My friend, you live in God's universe today. You breathe his air and you enjoy his sunshine. He never sends you a bill for either one of or for the life he furnishes. You are his creature. You owe him a great deal. You are to obey him. But in his natural state, man is unable to obey God. In your natural state, you are unable to obey God. That is why we have to come to him through the Lord Jesus Christ as lost sinners. Then we are given a new nature. That is what it means to be born again, my friend. Are you born again? Here is Isaiah 14, verse 15 to verse 17. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? God is yet going to judge Satan. 
and that judgment will be severe. Satan is finally going to be cast into the lake of fire which was prepared for him. God is working out a great plan and a purpose that is far beyond the thinking of any person here on earth. It is not for you and me to question it. Rather, we need to trust him because he is prepared to extend to us mercy, grace, and love. So what will be the future rebellion of Babylon? All the kingdoms of the nations, all of them sleep in glory, everyone in his own house. Isaiah 14 verse 18. Babylon was controlled by Satan. You remember that Satan offered the Lord Jesus Christ the kingdoms of this world according to the temptations that Jesus faced. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 5 to verse 7. Babylon belonged to Satan. Now, at the back of Babylon and all the kingdoms of this world is actually Satan himself. In the future, Babylon will evidently become the rallying point of all the nations who are against God. For I will rise up against them, says the Lord of hosts, and cut off from Babylon the name and remnant, and offspring and posterity, says the Lord. I will also make it a possession for the porcupine and meshes of muddy waters, I will sweep it with the broom of destruction, says the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 14, verse 22 to 23. Now, if you have ever seen the pictures of the ruins of Babylon, you realize how literally these verses have been fulfilled. In the future, Babylon will be rebuilt, though on a different site. It will once again be a place of world rulership, and it will be a tower of Babel, lifted up against God. And again, God will come down to judge, and that will be the final judgment. The reason that these great truths have been given to us is so that we will know what is coming in the future and be related properly with the God who judges the world that will come in the future. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely I have thought, so it shall come to pass, and I have purposed, so it shall stand, that I will break the Assyrian in my hand, and on my mountains tread him underfoot. Then his yoke shall be removed from them, and his burden removed from their shoulders. Isaiah 14, verse 24 to 25. The Assyrian here represents the king that is coming from the north. Verses 19 all the way to 27 of this chapter give a detailed account of the coming judgment of Babylon and all that it represents. It has been only partially fulfilled in the past, but it has been fulfilled quite literally. Now, we move on to the fierce a repudiation of Palestine. Isaiah 14 verse 28. This is the burden which came in the year that King Ahaz died. Now, there is an inserted here at this point, the burden of Palestine, which was uh, precipitated by the death of Ahaz. 
Ahaz had reigned for sixteen years and had been an evil king in Judah. The people felt he would be followed by an evil king, but they were delighted to to be without him now. So there was a bare possibility that a good king might follow him, and they did get one by the way. Isaiah 14 verse 29 Do not rejoice, O you of Philistia, because the rod that struck you is broken. For out of the serpent's roots will come forth a viper, and its offspring will be a fairy flying serpent. Now, two more good kings ruled after Ahaz, but the worst kings are yet to come. The people are to be, are to understand that just the rule of man will not bring about improvement in the world. God tells Palestine not to rejoice just because Ahaz is dead. Things are not going to get any better at all, he says. Before the kingdom blessing prevail, there will be a severe judgment of God upon that land. It will be more severe than that of the surrounding nations, because this nation had light, and light creates responsibility. My friend, God has given you light, and if you do not act upon that light responsibly, your judgment will be meted out on you severely. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by 7264144475 from within south africa it's 0726414475